welcome to Marvelous Women, the podcast. In this episode, our guest has spent 40 years as a professional musician. She's been through it all. She's incredibly humble, yet she's so insightful. Looking forward to sharing this one with you, Sani Bolton. In this episode, we are so lucky to have the queen of rock and roll. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> now, it's not Susie Q. It's not Joan Jett. And you know what? It's not even Cheryl Crow. We have Sani Bolton with us in this wonderful episode, which I'm super looking forward to. <laughs> Welcome, Sunny Bolton. Thank you, Sam, and thank you for that. I don't know how to live up to that intro, but um, thank you for considering me marvellous enough to be here. So thank Absolutely. you. Uh, we're, we're, I'm super pumped to have you here. Um, and it took some convincing to get you it's- here, I recall. Well, it yes, it did. It, not because I'm up myself. It's because I'm probably the opposite. I just don't really think I have much to say or any advice to give. Um, but I really respect you as an interviewer. And I also think that you have a fantastic future there, as we've discussed before. So I'm happy to be one of your little minor interviewees along the way and um, it's sort of practice for you and it's uh, it's no trouble for me. So thank you very much for, for having me and happy to be part of your journey. Thank we'll you. See you on, we'll see you on 60 Minutes in future. Don't you oh. worry. Well, that now, 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 now you're talking me up. <laughs> it's true. Sunny, we'll start with the question I always love to ask uh, mm. because I'm fascinated where the journey goes. But Sunny Bolton, who are you? Okay, Sam. So I did see this on your list of things, and I I drafted a million different responses, um, and I ultimately I came up with I'm a survivor. I have survived so many things in my life um I guess the one that we would probably talk the most about here is um I worked and still work uh, professionally in the music industry and I worked out this morning for 40 years um so I did my first paid gig in 1983 and I still work now as a a producer if you like I, I don't really call it work now it's more of a hobby but um but yeah a lot a lot a lot along the way and um a lot of very challenging stuff a lot of highs uh, mirrored by equally amount of lows and um still live to tell the tale so when you define yourself as a survivor mm what are the things that come to your mind like how how is how is that the word that that you okay. to describe yourself because it's a difficult life um and i i experienced it at a level nowhere near people that you'd call famous you know what i mean so what so what i experienced at my level i can only imagine what people like Taylor Swift go through you can't you can't imagine it you know but what I did um was I I started playing guitar really really young I was seven years old and um I just knew that it was what I would always do and um you mentioned Susie Quattro in the intro I remember seeing her on Countdown and I just suddenly had an extremely clear vision of my future I knew that that was that was me that was 
my destiny, if you like. So, so following all that, um, out of the rose-coloured glasses of a of a seven-year-old comes the reality of doing it as a job. And so, in the eighties, though, I was fortunate enough to realised I could make a living out of it, and and so I worked full time in a lot of bands um, for a solid slab of years. And the challenging part of that, I guess, was I'm a lead guitarist and these were in mostly sort of pre-feminist days and where that role was really designated, it was a male role. And um, there weren't a lot of us girls who would, could play guitar like the boys and um I guess that was challenging in a lot of ways because before I even stepped on stage, I had to overcome several pre- prejudices, um, you know, and, and, but then once I proved myself and cause I could play very well, I, like I could play Van Halen and, and all that stuff. I just easily, well, as soon as I picked up a guitar, it was like I'd played it before. I just, I didn't even have to try. I didn't even have to take lessons. Obviously I learned the chords and things, but, but it was, it came very naturally to me and, and it was always just going to be my instrument. But then I'd always get the, the thing of, um, gee, you're good for a girl. You know, wow, did you, wow, did your boyfriend teach you how to play? You know, like, like people couldn't actually get their head around the fact that it was possible for a woman to be, to be doing what I did. So I guess initially that was challenging and a lot of my female musician friends who went through the same thing used to get quite pissed off about it, to be honest. Oh, sorry, am I allowed to swear? Should I say angry? Okay, sorry. No, nah, you're, you're all good. Okay, so, they, so they'd so get quite angry about it. They go, oh, you're not fair and all this sort of stuff and we're just as good as the boys and blah, 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 blah. But, like, pretty early on I, I realised that it was a perfect marketing tool and I would go to an audition for a band as a lead guitarist and if there was a guy there who played just as well as I did, I would get the gig. And I realised it was it was a novelty. I was a novelty and I went with it rather than fighting it. I, I went with it. And so I sort of really head-butted my way through the 80s doing that but then came out the other side of it um, like a real, a really good example of that was when I was in a touring band and we did a lot of support acts and um, we supported the Divinals at one stage and we were playing our set and I broke a guitar string and one of Mark, Mark, the guitarist from the Divinals, one of his roadies came over and gave me his Telecaster to play because I foolishly didn't have a spare. So I played his guitar. So after their show he came up to me and he started talking to me and he said I saw a bit of his set and and he complimented my playing and and I couldn't believe I was standing there talking to Mark from the Divinals I'm like wow thank you so much for letting me play your guitar and blah 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 blah. and we had that conversation and then a a few weeks later I was talking to a, a male colleague of mine who was also a guitarist and he said that dude doesn't talk to anyone really did he can he even speak like did did you talk to him? I'm like, yeah, he's come out said hi. And I'm like, hi. And, and I realised it was because of the leverage I, I had 
as being a little bit of a novelty that it, it did open some doors, you know. I know I've got right off topic about the question you asked about. No, some of the I don't. I don't but, think yeah. I don't <laughs> think you're off topic at all. And I've been absolutely, absolutely fascinated by by what you're talking about. Um, and I've got so many places that I want to go. That's okay. I'm with, up for all of them. With with questions. Um, and I think I think that last point that you've just been talking about is something that I want to start with, which is, uh, you know, really letting your actions speak for themselves. Mm, mm, um, mm. So, yeah, people are going to think stuff about you. Yeah, there's going to be prejudices about it. But actually, do you know what? Just just do your thing. Yeah, Just absolutely. do your thing and mm. people will people will see. Yes. So, yes, they will think, but then they will see and they will understand and then That's they will right. actually, uh, you know, be able to embrace you for the talent of you. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, and and I guess that's what I was uh, talking about. Like it was a different story walking on stage as to walking off stage. You know, I, I would have an entirely different reaction. Oh, and you'd see, you know, you'd see all the all the guitarists up at the mixing desk. Like, I don't know, it's probably all different now, but the mixing desk used to be in the centre of the venue um, when I was playing in bands a lot. And, and you'd just sort of see all these silhouettes of, of like all these guys standing Next to the mixer mm. with their arms folded, mm. looking, right? And then you'd think, okay, can we just get to the bit where I do a really big lead break? And so we'd get to the bit where I did a really big lead break. And then the body language was amazing. Like you, the, the arms would unfold. They'd start talking to each other. They couldn't wait to come up and talk to me after the show, things like that, you know. So it was, it was so challenging though believing in myself enough to overcome that hurdle every single time I walked on stage to see the keep your eye on the prize like after they see me that'll be okay you know what I mean so it was very and and that did get more and more difficult as the older I got because when I was younger I was just bomb proof I didn't care I didn't care if they liked me or not but the older I got and the more I relied on it as an income um the the harder that got yeah how do you prepare yourself for and how how do you and how did you prepare yourself for walking mm. out onto that stage when mm. you when you knew what was out there? So I guess mm. you knew that the people were thinking things about you, you knew that people had already mm. had opinions about you, yes. but you also knew that you would get to just strut your stuff and just like well get out of the park. Um, it into the lion's den. Well, it's and it was only sometimes that I had that glorious win because you have off days too, you know. And so I guess that added to to the the complexity of that of that process. How did I prepare myself? Um, we talked about that earlier. You put on the uniform, you know. Once I put on my my jangly boots and my my lipstick and and my put the guitar on and plugged it in and did a sound check and all that sort of stuff. I started to become the person who was on stage because you've got to understand too with entertainers, the person on stage is not the person off stage. I'm, I'm very shy and I just said to you before, I don't even feel comfortable doing this because I don't even like talking about myself. So when you, So you've got to climb out of that person, become an entertainer and then come down from it afterwards as well. And that's all a process that, that really takes some learning 
Um, a, another thing about doing it in pubs, I guess, is that there's always the temptation there of having a couple of drinks before you go on, which helps. And I've witnessed a lot of, and been through myself, I must admit, a lot of um, substance abuse when it came to relying on that as a crutch. Mm. So that was another thing that I had to really learn coping skills about without having to rely. And I can just see so easily how people could fall into that, that trap of thinking this will work, this will get me through it, this will take me down after the show this will get me up to get me on stage and I can really see that trap fortunately it never went far enough with me that it crippled me and I still Mm. managed to you know climb through that and and do many many gigs sober and and you know not have to rely on that but um you know back in the day too like especially when we were supporting the big bands you'd get backstage and there'd be a, a a bottle of every spirit you can imagine and a carton of beer on the in the green room and and um a note from the management saying have a great show they wanted us to lubricate before we got on stage because they knew they'd get a fantastic show Mm. and it was so easy to fall into that very very easy to fall into that but mentally um this is where i guess I, i talked about being a survivor earlier um i knew that that wasn't a crutch that was always going to be there for me to lean on. So I had to really, really learn how to do all that transition and just listen to my own voice and not anybody else's, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. And I really, <laughs> I really love that, uh, that you had just that conviction to say, no, mm. I know this is I know this is not the right crutch for me. Mm. I've tried mm. it. I've tried mm. it a little bit. Yeah, it works, but I can I can actually mm. see mm. I suppose see forward the vision and you know you talked about yeah. when, when you're a 7-year-old girl you had this clear vision you knew yeah. exactly what this was going to look like. So yes. and I suppose in that respect maybe that clarity of your vision is the same. Yes, I can see this. Yeah. I can actually see the road ahead and this is the not yeah. the right pathway for me. And also when your friends start dying as well, that's a, that's a big red flag. You know, I had, especially in the, um, in the eighties, I had uh, three that I can count off the top of my head, friends who were addicted to the really bad stuff and uh, two of them died and the other one, I don't know where she is. So, you know, you got to think this is a path that's, you know, very short term, mm. or do I do I want to do I want to live a long and happy life, or or do I want to just you know self destruct and go quickly? So that mm. that was a choice that I made as well. That ability that you seem to have, Sunny, to just have this really clear vision a- ahead of you and to see what that looks like. Where do you think mm. that comes from? Because you've obviously had that for a long time, but I think. I think that's not very common. So I'd love to okay. hear where that comes from. Okay. Um, isolation. Like when, when I was growing up, um, I felt so different from everybody. I, I felt like I was never going to fit in anywhere as long as I lived because there was just something weird about me and I knew it. Um, 
and none of my mates at school. I mean, I guess the only kids I really vibed with were my brother's friends. <laughs> you know, I used to love playing cricket with them and stuff, but still they didn't want to be rock stars. Like what was wrong with everybody, you know? And so I had to, and I, and I remember there was this one time, there was this kid, it was a friend of my brother's and his name was George and he was playing an acoustic guitar and there was all these kids gathered around him and he was playing this little blues riff and I can still play it. It's like a, you know, the whole, the traditional blues riff. And I thought, wow, he's not even talking. And all these people are just looking at him, loving him. And I guess I took that from a really young age and thought if I could have a bit of that and feel like it was my own, it could carry me through all this shyness and all this, all this feeling of not belonging and, 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 and it did. And of course I became best friends with George. He taught me how to play that blues riff and I talked my mother into buying me an $8 guitar from Kmart. And um, then when I was in my teens, I met my people, you know, one of whom you know very well. And um, I just, I met other women like myself who had also felt like that who had also chosen music as a path and suddenly I had a new family and I had other people who I identified with and I didn't feel so alone and um yeah so I guess it coming from a place of complete isolation to finding your people and finding a place where you can do that is enough focus to sort of keep going with it I suppose if that answers the question. <laughs> I think that absolutely answers the, the question. And I've got another one um, based on what you were talking about before. You talked about having off days where mm. you don't have like the best mm. show in the world and so, something mm. just doesn't go quite right. Mm. So I, I'd love to hear about um, how did you get through that to be able to get on stage the next night? So what was your kind of like mm. your reflective process to be able to mm. um, understand what happened? Because I can imagine, and, you know, when I have a, a bad day, like you can't, you beat yourself up about it. You know, I yeah. did this wrong I did that yeah, wrong. Yeah. Or yeah. you can play the blame game of someone yeah. else. Well, they did that. And if they didn't That's do that, right. maybe that wouldn't have happened. So I'd love to hear yeah. your, your reflection process when you weren't, didn't have such a great show. Okay. Um, well, you've got to forgive yourself for a start because at the end of the day you are a human and quite often it's perspective. Um, quite often you'll think you haven't played the third note in the fourth song as best as you could have played it, but then somebody will come up and say, "I'm, thank you so much for today. Can I buy you a drink? You've just made my day. I can't wait to bring my friends to see you, blah, 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 blah. So definitely perspective is another thing and probably when I say, you know, not having a great show, I am a little bit of a perfectionist as well, but then you can't be a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time. So if that falls to below your acceptable level of perfection, I call that a bad day. <laughs> um, you know, so, probably... so for most of us, that would be like, yeah, this, this day, this day was pretty good. <laughs> Sandy's like, no, that's a bad day. Can we do it again? Yeah. And, and you know, um, you've got a personal life outside work as well, and this applies to absolutely everything, not just being a musician, and something devastating might happen. There's, there's a death or something, something terribly tragic that you've got to cope with, and you just can't 
you can't get in the car and go to work. But then you've got a mortgage to pay and you've got a little girl who's relying on you to to put food on the table and you you have to. So you have to find coping skills and ways of doing it and and put on the smile and, and get through it and look forward to after the show where you can go home and just go, Bleh, I did it, <laughs> mm. pat yourself on the back. Mm. Mm. One of the questions that I've, I've been wanting to ask you and I've been thinking about this for a few days and I did give you uh-huh. a hand up. Thank you, um, yes. Was around kind of um, how you create and release your creations confidently. So obviously I create things, you know, we do do this podcast. I also, you know, I write mm. newsletters. I develop um, programs. Um, I'm, I, I speak uh, and, you know, a lot of the time, like I'll do something and I'm like, is this even any good? Like <laughs> what, what, what is anyone going to find this remotely interesting or helpful? And I was, we went, we went to a show last week, um, Motley Crue and Def Leppard. And I was just thinking about, you know, especially from Def Leppard, these are, these are old blokes, you know, they're yeah, not, yeah. they're not young and they're still releasing new music. Like, and then I started thinking from a musician's perspective, you're creating new things all the time and putting them mm. out there in the world. How do mm. you do that? And to be able to say, no, this is really good. I've got this. Everyone's okay. going to love it. <laughs> the, the short answer is you, you don't know is, is the short answer. Um, and the long answer is, um, well, how long have you got, Sam? I'll try and nutshell it. Okay, so so back when I was playing a lot of music live, um, I would just test it out. If I'd written a song, I'd test it out. And if people start talking or get up and leave or, or go choose that moment to go to the bathroom or whatever, then, no, you know, it's it's not a winner. Um, the, the other thing about being confident on stage and, and also confident to, to sort of deliver something into the world and, and uh, I don't know, you, okay, the best way to say it is remove yourself from the fact that it's your work. Like, okay, I'll use songwriting because it's what I know. So if I write a song and I think, oh, it's the best thing I've ever written, which I always think every single time I write something. I think what you, I think everything <laughs> you write is the best thing ever too. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. But that I, I stack it up against a whole bunch of stuff that I really love, say on Spotify, I'll make a playlist, I'll chuck my song in there amongst it and I'll listen to it and when it gets to my song, does it stack up? does it make me feel as good as that one that I just listened to? If not, why not? You know, um, I don't care who wrote it. Do I want to listen to it? Do I want to wake up tomorrow morning and have that be the first song I listen to when I put my headphones on? Um, Not just because I wrote it, because it's great, you know? And if the answer isn't yes, then I probably revisit it a few times and, and try and perfect it, try and listen to those other things that make me feel a certain way and think, why does that work? You know, is that why, you know, why does that bit in the song make me want to replay it over and over and over and over again? And, oh, maybe it's the chord, chord structure. Maybe it's the emotion they put into the words, whatever. So if you, if you try and forget the, forget the fact that you wrote it or that you're the creator, um, 
which is hard to do. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. And, and I was just thinking, you know, if, you, if you're creating a playlist of other people's work and you put your own in there, how do you, how do you listen to that with an open mind and not have that comparison? Oh, well, that one did that, mine did that. Yeah, it, it's just once again the shorter an- the short answer is you can't you can't and 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 obviously feedback is the major thing because if you think it's so wonderful and you and you send it off to you know fifteen of your best mates and three of them didn't get time to listen to it or or you know one was too busy and and a couple of them listened to it once or twice and and oh yeah that's great and then you get <laughs> people like you and your your beautiful partner who who send me all these messages saying oh my god I can't stop listening to it I think it's so great and then you know so that's the kind of feedback that I actually do listen to you know okay so maybe maybe three percent of the 10 that I sent it to are absolutely crazy about it and the rest were too busy to listen so mm-hmm. so even then I'd go back and and sort of probably I don't know look at what music those other people do listen to and if, even if it's their kind of thing you know so I don't know. People are weird, but but people, people have weird. personal tastes. It's but I mean it's it. No, it's a stupid thing to say. People aren't weird. It's just that anything creative is is so personal. It's like how you have your coffee, isn't it? You know, you, it's it's just it's a personal thing, and you can't you can't impress all of the people all of the time. You just have to mm-hmm. hope that what you do what you do is good enough to. Um, complete that part of yourself that needs to be creative which all creative people have and need and if there's some sort of positive outcome from it well then that's fantastic too so sunny bolton you're a survivor of 40 years of music business and you're still (laughs) creating yeah drives you i I just can't help it i I, I try and stop and and then it just all bubbles up inside me. And I think because I've been doing it for so long, I just have to. And um, because I guess I started in the early days doing it as a way of processing my own emotions. Like I sit down and write these these terribly tragic, you know, like love songs when I had my first crush and all this stuff and just pour my heart out. And, and it was so cathartic, you know, it was, then it's all gone and then you, you put some chords to it and it's, it's, it's left you and it's become a creation and, and then it's gone. And then, of course, you know, I get a crush on someone else and rip that one up and chuck it in the bin and, and go through the same process again. And so it was, it's, just, it's just a part of... I guess driving me is probably the wrong phrase, but um, I I have to, <laughs> you know, it's it's just in me, and at times I don't want to, but mm. um, you know, I come from a creative family, and um, I think it's genetic as well, and and witnessing that growing up, um, you know, even now with my with my parents who both still write, they're in their eighties. My dad was a journalist, and my mum was a a poet and an author and an English teacher and even now we'll sit around I do Sunday dinners and um it's how's your book going you know how's your how's your painting going how's your song going you're recording Mm. and so it's just what I've always known you know it's been a part of you forever yeah yeah nice nice now let's talk about um in your mind, the kind of the 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 things that that keep you going. So, are there any quotes or are there any advice that you kind of 
keep at the forefront of your mind or that you find yourself frequently saying to yourself or others? Um, nothing that I really verbalise, but I did learn in recent years um, to filter out the crap you know, to I, I've become more and more selective about what I listen to and mm. what I take seriously, and that includes um, the news, <laughs> um, people. Because that, that's all positive. I, exactly, and um, and especially with so- social media, a lot of it just gets rammed down your down your throat, and mm. you you can make a choice. Do I want to know that? How is that relevant to me? How can I help? Um, and and if it's not relevant to me and no, I don't want to know that and no, I can't help, I'm really sorry that person had a car accident in California and was squashed to death yesterday. Does it affect me? No. Do I feel sorry for them? Yes. Can I help them? Not really. You know, it, it just mm. things like that. I, so, I sort of really try and concentrate on the things that are relevant to me and my family and my um my personal thoughts, are they good for my growth? Is this a negative spiral? How is this going to make me a better person, a, a better mother? You know, like, mm. is, is it worth it? Is, is, so, so crap is a very broad term, but I, yeah, I just, I try and filter a lot of stuff out that, that doesn't move me forward. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's interesting the way that you've worded that, Sunny. So you filter out things that mm. do not move you forward mm, mm, and I think that's mm. a really interesting lens mm, mm. because there there are things in uh, around us that I think can either keep us in place yeah. or can have us looking backwards um, exactly and there's a quote from a, um, a singer that I love called the Japanese house and the the lyric is not a quote sorry it's a lyric in her song and that lyric is the past becomes the present mm-hmm. if it's always on your mind yeah, yeah, that's. And I really I, love that. I like that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know, there's actually not a lot you can do about the past, mm. ex- except learn from it. You mm. know, unless someone's perfected time travel that I that I haven't found out about. In which case, I'll be on that <laughs> ship. <laughs> Are you going backwards or forwards? I I would go back to the seventies, and I would. Uh, it's well see it's complicated isn't it if I could go back with my current mind to the person I was back then I would absolutely go back and I would I would um get a part-time job and buy a plane ticket and go to America and audition for the runaways Mm. (laughs) you've thought about this haven't you oh several times you know what would I have done different what have I and ultimately of course I think I couldn't have done anything different because then I wouldn't be the person I am now I you know and and I I don't mind who I am now and you know the runaways came to a dismal end anyway but um you know I would have had Joan Jett as a best friend and you can't you can't argue with that but um yeah I don't know I just the past is no good was the point we were making. The, yeah. Dwelling on the past is the point we were making. So, yeah, w- what's the point? Yeah. Indeed. This is true, but it's fun It's fun to wonder. It is. It is. But not it's too much. Amazing. Not too no, much. No, that's right. Don't Filter out the things that don't move you forward. That's, that's, that's right. Yes. That, uh, and I, well, I wasn't going to ask you just yet, but I think it's perfect timing. My question was mm-hmm. going to be what, what words of wisdom do you have for, for our <laughs> listeners? That is an excellent one. 
filter out the stuff that yeah. doesn't move you forward. Let's just um, go with that. Yeah. But I'm not going to let you get away with it, Sunny. Um, what other words of wisdom? Oh, no, I haven't got any. <laughs> I'm not wise. You have for our I, listeners. Well, I just I just don't think I'm that wise, Sam. I, I just don't really. And, and I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm a very shining example of, for people to aspire to. Even after you've just you've just let that nugget out <laughs> and now you're saying you don't you don't have anything real um yeah i just i just i i just don't want to stand on that soapbox and, pre- and pretend that i'm someone who can give people advice sorry um yeah but i'm i'm asking you to step onto that soapbox you're, okay. you're not stepping yourself onto that soapbox <laughs> does that make a difference not really um look <laughs> Uh, can we just say the same thing again? Just filter out what doesn't serve you. That that is that is my advice. That's I love it. That. Full stop. You're lucky. I love that, Sunny. You're, Thank you. You're, you're Thank lucky. You. I'll, I'll I'll let you get away with it. Thank you. <laughs> so, if you were to open the dictionary and look up uh-huh. "marvelous woman," whose picture Ooh. would be there? Oh, so this is a one-page dictionary. Um, no, it's probably a large dictionary. It's but, a large, but, it's, but yeah, the, the, but under under the title Margaret Woman Singular is what I meant to say. So correct, so one single woman. Correct under the flag of marvelous. Correct. <sighs> now this is as hard as standing on the soapbox, isn't it? Um, oh, there's just too many. Um, okay, I'm gonna say my daughter. Because the person she has become with the life that she's had is incredible. She, 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 that's a whole other podcast about what she's been through. Um, and I'm so proud of her. And, and I just adore every second that I get to speak to her and be in her company. And she's, so, she's such an empathetic person which I'd, I'd like to pride myself on being the one who taught her that, but she's the kind of person who will look at all sides of a person before she reacts to the thing that they've just said to her, you know. She's the kind of person that if someone says something hurtful to her, she'll go away and she'll think about what life they've got, what upbringing they had, mm. why they felt the need to say that, Um does it serve her to be in their company anymore? All those things. She won't just stand there and have a Barney with them, you know. Mm. And I'm really, really proud of her. And I think because she's the age she is, talk about time travel, I just wish I was her at her age. At, you know, when I was that age, I just wish I was the person she is. You know, she's only 23 and, and she's just so grounded. And um, she is in the dictionary under the single title of Marvellous Woman. <laughs> How marvellous. Yeah. So uh, what I'd like to do just for for a final question, Sunny, uh-huh. is, is cover that. So thinking about the lens of your daughter mm-hmm. and the lens of words of wisdom, <laughs> what words of wisdom do you have for your daughter that will mm-hmm. very likely be applicable to the rest of our listeners? Yeah, still harping on this words of wisdom. I am, thing, aren't we? I am. Um, yeah, I'm going back. Well, I Time d- travel. I, yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. See, I, there's just not one single answer to it. That's all because I, I. Well, as I said, I I hope I've I've taught her empathy, which I think is is a wonderful quality. 
um, I'm I'm a big believer in not branding people based on their behaviour or because of their race or gender or whatever, whatever, um, which I guess when I describe myself as a survivor, that was another thing that I had to live through because um, as a gay woman in the 80s, um, it was actually illegal to be gay, not for women but for men. It was illegal right up until uh, the legislation changed, which I think wasn't even until the early 90s. And so it was it was sort of before people even met you, they had an opinion about you. Mm. I, and I remember when AIDS was a big thing. Sorry, I hope I'm not getting too far off the point. I'll come no, back no. to it. But no. I remember when AIDS was a big thing, I remember somebody bailing me up. Um, it was at a gig. And they said, you know, it's people like you that are responsible for this epidemic. And wow. I said, what? And I said, what? Guitarists? <laughs> Well, from what you said earlier, it, it sounds like you had prejudice coming at you from all angles. One, because you're a female so, guitarist. Yeah. So, so having so having been through that, just just sort of back to how I now view life. Um, having been the target of several prejudices, um, I don't tolerate it now, and I don't tolerate people who have those prejudices against other people based on just who they are before mm. they've given them a chance to speak or to you know prove to prove who they are so I don't know is I don't know if that's advice <laughs> but but I, I don't know it's just who I am yeah, well, look, I think I think there is some advice and some words of wisdom in there that you you actually don't have to just put up with this mm, and, mm. and play nice. Like that's you, you don't have to put up with it. Yeah, it was it was more based on I think um, I think don't don't judge people before you before you know mm. who they are, but based on what you think you know about them. Yeah. And and you would hope that those that those two things would go hand in hand. So yes, don't tolerate judgment and prejudice, mm. but then don't do it yourself. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. Learn learn the lesson. Learn the lesson yes. because it's tough being on that the other part of the, that punching bag. You know. Absolutely. So 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 if you so if you're the one that wants to start swinging punches, just just have a think about how it might feel for that other person. You know. Mm. Mm. Very insightful. Sandy Bolton, this has been the most fascinating conversation. I didn't realise that we would go all the places that we went to. Neither. Neither. Um, but it was a lot of fun and I think um, there's a lot of lessons that have that have come out from this conversation. I've got one very last thing that I just wanted to ask you for our listeners yeah. who want to listen mm -hmm. to your work. Sure. What three songs would you recommend they look up on Spotify or or um or iTunes? <laughs> well, it depends who who they are and what they like listening to, doesn't it? That's that's sort of too broad, um, because I've got I've got a few different genres up there. Um, I've got some older stuff which I've still left up there, which was when I was going through my uh, outlaw country phase. Um, I've got some beautiful um, meditation relaxation stuff up there at the moment which yes which I, I was I was actually I like listening, listening to them to. this morning they're oh, um, yeah. they're very 
They're very don't listen chill to them while you're driving. The yeah, don't listen while driving. Um, but listen if you can't fall asleep. Um, I've got some songs up there at the moment, which uh, which I wrote for for your wonderful productions that you've that you've put up, which I I would recommend if that's your kind of vibe. But um, I don't know. I can't really give you three songs. Maybe just jump on and and see what you want to listen to yourself. And have a have a have a taste test. Yeah, yeah. But thanks for the plug. absolutely it's fantastic music it is absolutely fantastic music thank you so much for your time uh, today it's it's been a fascinating conversation and uh, I look forward to continuing to hear about your creations and listen to your creations which you have confidently released thank you Sam thank you Sandy, thank you so much for sharing your stories and your insights and your nuggets of wisdom. My couple of takeaways are filter out what doesn't move you forward. I really, really love that. And the second one is embrace your difference. Don't fight it. Leverage it. Until next time, stay marvellous.